Welcome back to our Bible in a Year uh, podcast. We are looking at the book of Nahum. Uh, I'm Pastor Brandon. I'm here with Megan. Uh, and this is our second to last book that we're we're looking at. Pastor Kale is going to uh, bring us home uh, next week. We're, we're in the, the end of the church year. Um, so the, the new years for the church will, will be, uh, it's this year, it's the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Um, so we'll cut the Thanksgiving Eve service. We'll have our last, our last book, which I think is Habakkuk. Um, but we're, we're looking at, uh, Nahum, uh, today, which, uh, so the, again, the, the, the order of these books was kind of, was selected originally kind of to go along with the theme of the church year. And at the end of the church a uh, church year uh normally these last couple of weeks talk about uh the end times talk about jesus coming back and so that's really where where nahum fits um, as a book it, it it talks about um a specific uh, kind of kind of judgment uh, that then um shows us a little bit uh as god's people of, of what his ultimate uh, judgment is gonna is gonna look like um, but a little bit of background about the book. Uh, the book was written by the prophet Nahum, uh, which is uh, who it's named after. Uh, we get that in verse one. Uh, Nahum, uh, his name actually means comfort, uh, which it, likely it's a name that was given to him at birth. But still, I think that uh, oftentimes the names in the Old Testament mean something. And uh, that it makes sense that, that a prophet who God called by this name um would also bring comfort to his people through through his prophecy. Uh, it was written uh, probably between 663 and 627, somewhere in that range. Uh, we get a couple clues in the book uh, about uh, when it had, because it, it references the fall of Thebes, which was the capital of Egypt at the time. That historically we know happened in 663. Um, and then it references some of the the leadership of Assyria and um, them kind of uh, uh, taunting or or more or less uh, being an adversary of Israel, and that fits uh, one of the last kings of of Assyria. So that kind of gives us about a forty year range uh, that this takes place. And again, historically, you can see where uh, this fits in well with with what we know from history. Um, Nahum is a very, again, a, a unique book because it was written for God's people, like all of Scripture is. But Nahum is addressed uh, to uh, the Assyrians, uh, to to Nineveh, uh, which is the the kind of the capital or the great city of of the empire of Assyria. Uh, and so, really, it's it's like uh, God's people are bystanders for this this great prophecy against uh, against Nineveh um, that it doesn't immediately affect them and yet um, it it definitely does because uh, they've um, been adversaries with um, with Assyria for for quite a while um, and and so kind of the I guess the, the first thing for us to to note as you're reading this book is uh, knowing our what is Nineveh? Well, we kind of know that from the Jonah story a little bit. Most people know Jonah went to Nineveh, this great city of the Assyrians who were enemies. Uh, Jonah preaches there and they repent. Uh, and Jonah gets mad because he doesn't want them to repent because the Israelites um, have have been the recipients of a lot of injustice. The Assyrians were a very ruthless empire. 
Um, but at the time of this prophecy, they were without a doubt the global superpower. Um, yeah. No one ever would have thought, oh, the Assyrian Empire is going to crumble in the next generation. No yeah. one ever. So uh, I, it, you just kind of imagine the Israelites hearing Nahum's prophecy and going, okay, that's not going to happen. Right. And you're like, yeah, okay. I don't believe that. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they have conquered, I mean, they conquered Egypt right before this is, and Egypt was kind of one of the other main superpowers, especially in the life of Israel. They're right in their neighborhood. Um, and they just, you know, walked on, on through. Um, and, and so uh, there's a, there's a significance to Assyria in a couple of ways. One in that um, this is a very unexpected prophecy because of the power of Assyria. Uh, two, uh, God's people have been asking for this, though. Uh, Assyria is the is the nation that God raised up to wipe out the northern kingdom in Samaria, um, the king the kingdom of Israel versus uh, the southern kingdom of Judah, um, yeah. and, and so God God used them, but that didn't mean that God condoned or that Assyria was now his people. No, he said, I'm using them kind of like a gardener uses a tool um, as, as a, as a form of judgment, but Israel, you were still my people. Um, you know, and and so they've been praying for this because the Southern kingdom of Judah has been oppressed by Assyria. They've been surrounded, um, besieged and, um, and uh, they've been crying out. And and really what, what Nahum's prophecy is, is God has been hearing you. And in his timing, God will bring about, God will bring justice and judgment. Yeah. That's um, what a lot of book I read, when I read it, that's what I wrote down is, you know, he's angry. He's taking vengeance. He's promising injury, pain, and wrath on Syria. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's all in due time. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and that the the timing of all right when when God chooses to execute judgment and, and particularly in the Old Testament we see God working through these these nations um, that uh, you know even in verse two and verse seven both talk about uh, that how, how God uh, you know God takes vengeance on his adversaries verse seven is that the Lord is a stronghold in the day of trouble. He, he knows those who take refuge in him. And, and outside of that, uh, you know, we, we get uh, kind of that, that verse in, in verse seven, almost the entire rest of the, the three chapters is, is just, you know, words of judgment. So I think there, there are a couple, uh, you know, verse two, that g- the Lord is jealous. Um, who's yes. he, he's jealous for his people. Verse seven, he's good. He's a stronghold. I think those are kind of hints at, hey, this is, you know, this is where God's people fit in this. And the rest of it is, um, you know, kind of what the Assyrians have done to these other nations, God is going to bring about um, for them, uh, that that um, justice will be done. Um, and obviously not in the timing of when God's people would have wanted, um, but but in, in the in the timing of of of. And, and and for us, as we think about kind of the, okay, we want God to come back. We want that final judgment so that things will be put right again. It's like, well, when is that going to happen in God's good, good timing? And do we know when that is? When is God going to bring about the end of evil? Um, we don't know when, but we know it's going to happen <laughs> because he said it, it's going to happen. Right. 
Right. And I, I think this, uh, I, I think this book is a great example of the fact that it, if you continue to pray, you continue to, you know, just give what you give everything to God, he mm-hmm. will, but it is in due time. And yeah. you know, he used, like you said, he used Syria as an example as to almost what, what not to do, what not to follow. And yes. yeah into Syria and followed Syria's ways and, and, you know, became what you shouldn't. It was like, he was weeding out the good and the bad Mm -hmm. also, you know, and he brought vengeance. He brought the, the vengeance, he brought the fall and, you know, and then in the last part of the book, chapter three, whoa, um, it was, you know, woe to the city of blood, full of lies, full of plunder, never without victims. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and that's a true example of the fact that there's, there's evil and bad around all of us. So there's never not going to be a victim until God comes back and yes. he fulfills yes. us. And, you know, so it, this is just one example of him fulfilling his promise to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, I think it's important that uh, the idea that that God not just like hears the cries of of victims, but ultimately, you know, He said, "I, I will, uh, I will bring about justice." Um, yes. You know, and and, and that because you know, otherwise, when we're uh, we're the recipients of sin, we want to take vengeance into our own hands, uh, and yeah. and. Um, that does not bring about healing. It, it, no. it simply doesn't. Um, and so knowing that, all right, I can put that in the hands of the Lord. I, you know, that I've been wronged by this person. Um, I'm going to put that in the hands of, of the Lord. Um, and then in the meantime, I think Pastor Kale's sermon from this past uh, Sunday is, is really helpful in this is uh, to, all right, stay in your lane. Um, yeah. was kind of his theme that he, that he preached. And so the lane of justice uh, of, of judgment ultimately we are participants in in some of that as we are citizens as we are in our vocations but by and large our lane is not judgment our lane is mercy uh, and, and grace and um and, and when we focus on doing that job um we realize oh this is actually the important like this is the really important stuff this is the message that that we need to hear in the midst of evil and suffering you know, and when we take when we take that into our own hands, honestly, I feel like that creates more. It, it creates more pain, and it, it there's yes. never a fulfillment. You know, yeah. you're always thinking about, oh well, well this person did this to me. When you start taking things into your own hands and you're not giving them to the Lord, and it, it's just it's not gonna hurt. It's it's gonna hurt you more, and it's gonna hurt somebody else. You know, a lot of people. People say, you know, just let it go. It's what's when you hold on to your anger and you hold on to you know, all of this fury, the only person that it's hurting is you because the other person already moved on and they don't care. Yeah. But give it to the Lord and you, he's the one who's going to fulfill that judgment. He's the one that's going to, to get um, the vengeance that is owed, you know, yeah. it's in his terms, his time and what he sees as fitting, not what you necessarily yeah. see. Yeah. Again, yeah. that, what this book 
what it what this book brought for me is yeah. that the Israelites they wanted to take vengeance into their own hands. This is what they wanted. They kept praying about it, kept yeah. praying about it, praying about it. Had they have taken that into their own hands, the outcome would not have been the same as what they yes what God had had given to them because he knew what he was going to do, but he needed to do it when it was right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because Israel compared to Assyria is tiny. Uh, Yeah. They on their own could not bring about this justice. And, and so, I mean, in, in, like in, in chapter two, uh, towards the end, it uh, talks about uh, the Lord says, behold, I am against you declares the lord of hosts and, and that's really uh you know that that when when god sets his face against us um you know and um as as we think about you know the the whole story of god um the wrath of god uh, when when it is against mankind i mean none can stand against that and yet uh, in in the New Testament, where do we see this wrath being poured out? We see it poured out on the very Son of God. Um, it's essentially at the cross when when Jesus cries out, "My God, My God, why have you forsaken me?" Um, there's really kind of a understanding of the, you know, the the Father is against His Son at that point. His wrath is being poured out, and uh, what we should receive similar to what the Ninevites received, um, we don't, uh, because Jesus takes that judgment for us so that we could receive mercy and blessing. Um, and, and so judgment in, in is always, always used by God to redirect his people towards his mercy. Um, it, right. it, it's an example for us of, hey, stop going down the wrong path, because this is where that path leads, destruction every time. Um, return to me. I am a jealous God. I am. I am a safe haven for those who seek refuge in me. Um, right. And and you will you will escape this. Uh, you know th- this this end that Nineveh has. Um, you know, and, and the reality, like if if, if even with uh, you know kind of the the target on on Assyria, um, God still calls people to repentance. And so um, you know, it's not like well, you know the the destiny for each individual is is set. God always causes people to to return to Him, um, and again, evidenced by the fact that He sent Jonah to Nineveh generations before this, and the entire city repented. Um, right. He gives you. He wants you to repent. He wants you to come back. He doesn't want to just say, "Okay, you've done this. Now you're punished for it." He wants to give you. He wants you to be with him and so but if you don't then yes you you will feel the wrath of god because at that Mm -hmm. point you know he has to protect the ones who are with him and he uh, he uses he uses them as an example as to what not to do yeah yeah and it's you know God, god will god will be faithful to his word and his word to the israelites was uh you know primarily I'm going to bless all nations through you. I'm going to send a savior in order to send a savior. They can't be wiped off the face of the planet, you know, by the Assyrians. And so God says, no, I, however great your army is, however many nations you conquer, um, you are not going to wipe out my people, you know, and, right. and th- that's, that's his, uh, and, and are the Assyrian, the Assyrian army with all their conquests, with all their bloodshed, 
uh, they cannot. They can't defeat out- outdo him. the word of God. Yeah, you know? yeah. and and that that, that should bring us comfort uh, as as, yeah. as we think about God's promises in our day. That um, what 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 God says uh, ultimately um, mm-hmm. that that that's God gets the last word. Right. And for those that are in Christ, that last word is a is a word of justice and peace, um, and and comfort, uh, and and uh, you know that, that that gives us hope. Right. Yes, I completely agree. I think it's a short book, but I think it's a very powerful book. Um, yeah. And I think a great example is to if you put your trust in the Lord, and um, He will seek His vengeance. It's mm-hmm. not on your time it's not it's going to be when the timing is right but if you trust in the lord and you trust in um in what he his word he will fulfill his promises yeah yeah absolutely um so a couple couple takeaways uh from the book again nahum's a short book it um it's it's a weird read especially if you kind of if you walk into nahum unprepared you're like what just happened um yeah so, so hopefully this will be kind of helpful to you in realizing, okay, what's the context of this, uh, and how does this how does this affect us? But a, a couple of takeaways I have is, is the first is is not not trusting in or not looking too much at earthly power, earthly rulers, um, because uh, ultimately it's it's the word of God that stands, um, and so nations come, nations go, um, and uh, that that. Uh, we, we trust ultimately in, in the Lord. We are citizens of a different kingdom, a heavenly kingdom. Um, and that, that that's where our, our hope is. Um, the second is that uh, God rescues his people. Um, and and it, the people that Nahum is are prophesying to, chances are they aren't really being faithful to God either. And yet, uh, you know, God is still sending prophets to call them to repentance, to say, "Hey, the, your Lord, your God is jealous. He's going to wipe out the Assyrians. Come back to Him, um, you know, and, and that God will rescue His people even when 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 they're not faithful. Uh, God, because God is true to His word. Yes. Um, and the, the the last takeaway I have is is really, and this is kind of what what the sermon will focus on is that um, evil will not last forever. Um, it, it seems like injustice and uh, and evil and, and those who are are greedy and power hungry that they seem to be winning um, in this world but uh, th- th- there is an end date to their reign uh, and there is not an end date to the reign of Christ you know right. and and th- that that helps us kind of walk through knowing okay this is temporary yes. this is temporary uh, and uh, faith in Christ uh, the blessings of God are forever uh, right. and and Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah. So, just, yeah. Yeah. I just no, think no. I, that is, is right. You know, I think we forget, I know I, for myself, I forget when I feel wronged or I just feel like the people around me are doing these things and they're hurtful or harmful, whatever they are. Um, I lose, sometimes I will lose sight and, but it's a great reminder that, evil is not forever and the bigger are the harder they will fall and it's because they're so far away from the lord and their word and, and yeah. his word i think um it's just such a it is a very short read but it is kind of out there so but yeah i think there's a great lots of great takeaways from this book yeah. 
Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So again, now that hopefully this will help you in, in reading again, it's a short book, but when you kind of know what's going on, when you put it in the context of the greater story, um, I do think it, it gives us a lot of, a lot of hope, um, a lot of comfort uh, as, as God's people, uh, knowing that, that he has taken the judgment for us. I um, mean, he has given us this task of being merciful to our enemies uh, yes. and, and uh, you know, to, to ultimately put that all in the hands of the Lord. Uh, and uh, to to know that God will protect and rescue us in the end. Uh, it might yeah. not look like what we want it to look like in this world, uh, but but there's a new heaven and a new earth where this is all going to be right. Um, right. And uh, God's God's taking us there uh, through His Son Jesus. Uh, yes. So uh, thank thanks again uh, for for joining us in the in the the Bible in a year, uh, and uh, we'll see you next time uh, for our last book. God bless yep. y'all. Bless. Bye, guys. Thank <laughs> you.